What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. My fellow Americans, this is Donald Trump, the best president ever. Better than Washington, Lincoln, Coolidge, Hoover, or Harding. <laughs> That's a funny one. Harding got that skater smacked in the knees. I will be making a big, big announcement soon about a dirty joke using the name Harding. But I'm even better than Garfield, although he's the most like me. He's fat, orange, and he likes junk food. I love junk food. He does too. Great cat. Great cat. Today's announcement is my biggest announcement ever. I have put my name on hotels, resorts, and golf courses all over the world. And they are great. And the best ones anywhere. They've been a huge success, but none of that compared to the success of my NFT cards. Due to their success, I am now offering for the first time a genuine original replica of a deck of cards from my old Taj Mahal casino, which should still be under my name. But what can you do? I only have three decks in stock due to the printing press in the basement breaking down. So you'll want to jump on the chance to own this rare piece of casino history. This unique deck can be yours for only $499.95. Now with the purchase of one deck, the best deck in America, believe me, you will be entered into a drawing to win dinner and a round of golf with me and my international golf links in Scotland. If you buy two, I'll spring for dinner. Why not? If you buy all three, I'll even pay your airfare. Where can you find another deal like that? Nowhere. Nowhere. You can't. You can't. For my working class fans, I'm also offering, for the first time, my own line of light bulbs. The brightest ones ever. Certainly brighter than that dim bulb Joe Biden, right? Right? Remember, DJT is better than GE. Let's face it, General Electric wasn't even a real general. It was fake news. It's sad. Very sad. Fake news. And now an announcement even bigger than my biggest announcement. In the spring, I will be introducing my own line of breakfast cereals. Trump cereals are going to be the most delicious and healthiest breakfast cereals ever. Kellogg's will no longer be great. 
post will be in the past. And the big G is going to stand for gone. You'll be able to start your best day ever with a nice crunchy bowl of the greatest granola, Special D. And my personal favorite, Honey Sweetened Melanios. That's going to be great. You won't want to eat anything else at all, ever. These purchases will help me continue to flog the dead horse of the 2020 election, which we all know was stolen. So do your part and buy these great products and at least keep me relevant. Go to imasucker.com slash Trump today. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. Tonight on Counterculture Wise, Fritzy and Max report from Davos, and we introduce the newest products from the CCW Labs. We're going to check in with Florida Man, plus all the other segments you know and love. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to Counterculture Wise, a Stormcap production. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts, our guests, and the dog, and do not necessarily reflect the views of any of our platforms, our advertisers, or any other dog. you listen today please remember we are so much more than a podcast all of our stories we discuss are linked in our show notes on counterculturewise.com visit there for commentary guest photos and links animations and fun merchandise if you have a story idea or would like to be a guest on our show contact us via our website you can also follow us on twitter gab Instagram, Facebook, and all over social media where we'll post memes, cat pics, and commentary that gets us booted off on a regular basis. If you're listening live, be sure to join our chat on Spreaker. If you're listening dead, please stop voting Democrat, but enjoy the show anyway. Well, hello, and do we have a show for you today. We have so many things to talk about and some big, big life-changing decisions that got made just a couple of (laughs) hours ago. Welcome to Counterculture Wise. I hope you're having an amazing Sunday. We are so far. If you're listening live, please like, share, subscribe, do all the things. If you're listening after the fact, still do all those things. Let us know how you... Enjoy the show. If you hated the show, let us know that, too. Still give us five stars no matter what. And uh, buckle up. Buckle up, because you're in for a fun ride today. I am your hostess with the mostest, Ms. Melanie Hope. And here in front of me is, well, Mr. Wedding Singer himself. Well, I guess Mr. Wedding Conductor himself. My best friend. My, just so happens to be my husband. And we are celebrating 
13 years ago we met on this very day. So lots to talk about today. And of course, he's also my sweet baboo, Mr. James Monis. Hey. Hey, there they are. Hi, everybody. Hi, hi. Autographs after the show. <laughs> I, I've got I got work to do here. He's got work to do. <laughs> I think that some people just tune in to hear your voice. I got You just what? have the sweetest voice. I thought that the first day I met, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But anyway, I, I have the obligatory joke. So what is what is a pig's favorite karate movie? I'm almost afraid to find out, but what is a pig's favorite karate movie? The Pork Chop. Ha! 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 ha. Baboo. That's... Worse than your normal. I, I know. Jokes. I was. I was hoping you have the wah yeah. wah video. Uh, oh, I. I'm not seeing. I can do it again. Oh, okay. No, you're gonna have to tell an even better <laughs> joke. <A> ba- even <laughs> better joke. Better. Yeah. White horse fell in the mud. That's about as funny as it is. It? That's not a good joke. What was the one I told you the other day? I can't remember. Oh, I thought now. you said batter, not better. Okay, I oh, can. Batter. Worse. Worse. What was the joke I told you the other day? I, I had to, I actually had to call you into the other room. I don't remember. I honey. don't either. It was so funny. Well, oh, we don't man. want to waste a bunch of time on no, that. No, nonsense. no, no, no. We've got no, lots seriously. to talk about. Well, I know you have someone to talk about that we said goodbye to this week. Not that you know he was a spring chicken or anything, but oh yeah. Um... Years and years ago, back in like 1994, Lauren and I went to go see Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and it was an amazing show. I'd always been fans of theirs. Of course, I was also fans by then of their previous bands. Uh, David Crosby was in The Birds. Uh, Stills and Young were in Buffalo Springfield, and and, uh, Nash had been in The Hollies. So they're founding members of all those groups, and they came together. Um, David Crosby died the other day at the age of 81. 81? He had a good run. Yeah. Exceptionally good run for, well, basically, you know, um, <clears throat> junkie. But anyway. Well, yeah. Yeah, he was he, he was druggy. I mean, I'm sure he cleaned up later in life, but he actually did time in prison for drug offenses. So. I did not know that. Yeah, he did. Um, amazing voice, great songwriter. Uh, he engaged with people on Twitter in a major way. Um, yeah. Of course, he was pretty much a polar opposite from where I am now on on political issues. But you well, know, I'm he not, did that's fry not his a brain on drugs. So. Well, that's you know I'm not going to dwell on that. <laughs> um, so for all of his fans and my my prayers go out to. His uh, wife Jan and his son Django, and uh, you know, I, I hope they find peace at least in knowing that they had a lot of fans. Yeah, you know, he had, I mean, he had he, a lot of he lot was of an amazing musician. He yeah. was a gifted musician, gorgeous voice too. He, he, you know, he left a mark in the world. He really did. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, you've told the story more than once about our meeting. <laughs> And I just wanted to say, this is the 13th anniversary of the night that happened yeah. when I 
fell for a cute redhead, a cute drunk redhead in, in the... In I wasn't cute, though. When, that, when you met me, I honestly <laughs> cannot conceive of what you saw in me, but you saw something. Because I, I, I wasn't even a hot mess. I was just a flat-out mess. I mean, it was a harsh night. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I know I didn't look my best and smelled my best. The and following then, night you did. But that's another I, story. I did finally get a shower and <laughs> she, actually put on and She some, really hottied up my for, hair for and, Valentine's Day yeah. after that, but that's... <laughs> You know, you've all, anybody who's listened into us knows the story. Yeah. But it's just one of those things. I just knew. You did. That I mean, it, it was, was gonna be instant. Like, I've never yeah. had a guy that it just, there were no barriers at all. There was no unsureness. There was no, you know, I was much more confident wait. that evening than I am most nights. I I've, don't know. Yeah. You, you, you were very suave and deboner. I, I, I was I don't like, think I've uh, ever seen you. <laughs> that, that just. I don't know. You saw something you wanted, and you went for it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that was actually God working, but and I didn't know you it didn't at the know time. It at the time, but as yeah. she was very, as she very nicely told the entire church today. <laughs> well, they said, "Do you have any announcements?" I thought it was a pretty big announcement. I mean, the way we met and what happened afterwards, the circumstances and what became of us is a testimony in and of itself. Yeah, that's true. uh, While I was watching both my mother and my my best friend die, I got to see you be reborn, and that was a gift. It was a gift that I really desperately needed. And, you know, they they say God won't give you more than you can handle. Well, he did. He did. And You know, they don't read the Bible. But (laughs) anyway, (laughs) apparently... Because God, yeah. well, I mean, the the Bible does say that God will give you the strength if you ask for it to deal with life's ups and downs. And I've had some amazing highs and some very down downs. Down, down, dooby doo, down, down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but today I was able to have some fun. I went to right here in Central Texas to be specific. It was in Temple, Texas, where we first landed when we came to Texas. And it was at a, uh, it was a and it the, was not at a Motel 6. No, it was not <laughs> a Motel 6. We, we was, spent many months. <laughs> yeah. Bridal Bliss Bash. It was put on by Bridal Bliss Magazine. And there were all kinds of exhibits for brides-to-be and the grooms-to-be. But there were about 25 times more brides than grooms. Most guys just don't care. You know, honestly, it's yeah. like... You want the chiffon, get the chiffon, let me go back to the ball game. Um, or whatever. You know, it's just not it's just not as important to us generally speaking. Um, I admire the men who did come, because especially since there were a couple of major football games on today, I think the Cowboys are still getting the snot beat out of them by the farty whiners. But that's another story for another time. Time. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I got to meet a lot of people. We got a bunch of referrals for Texas Wedding Ministries. And I took home a few extra brochures to, you know, when we go to coffee shops or whatever, we stick our business cards on the cork board. I'll just put a couple of those on the cork board, Well, there board you too. go. Why not? And so, yeah, I had a really good time. Met, met a fellow, a couple of fellow ministers, and it was, they're really great guys. And had a, a grand old time. So, by the way, if you are in Texas and want to get married, 
We have people all over Texas who want to do this for you. Just contact Texas Wedding Ministers. You can find it on Google or Yahoo or Lycos or whatever else you use. <laughs> Yakos. Yakko, wacko, and spot. Okay. Dot. Sorry, not spot. <laughs> they are doggies, though. Puppy children. Speaking, Speaking of, of puppy, puppy children. children. <laughs> I made a, a rash decision yes, today. Yes, you did. <laughs> now, right, as well, you know, we... Now, before we... What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Talk about the rash decision that we made today. We need okay. to talk about the rash decision that led us to not Susie. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, uh, most of you know we acquired a puppy, and her name was Suzaku. That's the name she came with. And um, so when I first met the dog, I did not know that our neighbors had a dog because I'd never seen her outside. And that is because that dog was locked up inside 12 to 14 hours a day, and when I first met her, she was 16 weeks old and had not been potty trained, leash trained, nothing. A total, complete, absolute spaz. They did nothing with this poor dog. And uh, it turns out the guy that lived there, his girlfriend lived a, a, county, a county away. Yeah. Um, and so he was spending more time there than here. So the dog, he would just bring her to work and throw her in, in the, the cabin and go off and go to work and whatnot. And every now and then, somebody else who worked for the company you know, might stop and walk her or something. But for the most part, she spent all day, every day alone. And after he moved out, I actually saw the place. It was disgusting. I mean, just imagine an untrained puppy home alone 12 to 14 hours a day and by herself. basically a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And just... Just I can't even describe. Anyway, it was, it so the was dog bad. comes bouncing out at me, and I didn't even know he had a puppy. And she, she, she was a bigger puppy. I mean, she was 16 weeks, and and uh, she's a little healer lab mix, little stubby tail, um, little, tiny little patch of white on her chest, and one one white paw. All the rest of her nice shiny black, like like comic book black, like mm-hmm. so shiny she's almost blue. Like, like, yeah, like like Superman's hair. Yeah, black. yeah, very very black, <laughs> very sleek. And just a complete spaz. I mean, just all over the place. Um, <laughs> and he told me her name was Susie. And where he got the name was that he is a big burly guy who works in construction. And that was the joke name that his coworkers give him. They call him Susie. So he named his dog his nickname. And my immediate thought was, what a stupid name. Well, Susie... Um, like I said, not leash trained, not potty trained, didn't know her name, didn't come when you called her, you know, spazzed out, jumped all over you, you know, wasn't aggressive, but didn't know not to bite. I mean, just a a bad dog. Nobody trained her. She had no socialization whatsoever. So me being the dumb, dumb that I am, I said, oh, uh, if you don't have time for her during the day, I'll, I'll take her. What I meant was I'll babysitter, you know, I'll take her for walks, whatnot. I mean, we live 
like he lives right behind us. Uh, what he heard was, I'm dropping off the dog in a bag of dog food and you'll never see me again. So I guess we have a dog now. And uh, the first, I mean, she's nine months now. So I will say that she was potty trained in a very flash. Quickly, that, very quickly. That much I will say. So I'm, I'm proud of, I'm very proud of that. And so I, you know, I thought, okay, well, she's, she's a bright dog. She, you know, we, we can, we can work with this, but I just, I don't know what's going on with this dog. I was going crazy because it would not come to her name. It was like her name was a swear word. In fact, she would most often run in the opposite direction. Sometimes there'd just be no recognition at all. Like her brain had just switched off and there you was You could actually nothing. see the dumb blonde model yeah. look. Like eyes. just no shine in the eye, nothing going on yeah. behind the eyes. And she, I mean, absolutely would not come to the name Susie. Um, and I think it's because in her world it was a swear word. So I was at my wit's end. I didn't know what to do. I mean, she came with a stupid ass name, but it's like she was too old to change it. And I, this dog drove me over the edge more than once to the point where I wanted to kill her, and I'm not that type of person. I'm usually very patient with with animals, even awful animals. And but, husbands, but that's another story. Yeah. Um, but I literally just wanted, I mean, I had to put myself on timeout. This dog had gotten me so angry a couple of times. Just, I Steam can't was just, rolling just, off her head, folks. Seriously. It was, it was and pretty And so I bad. was actually... I was actually Googling, you know, is my dog retarded? I mean, what's wrong with this damn thing? So I have a friend who um, swears by this lady who has a degree. Who in ironically was in the bar. That's the true. That she met. was that. Was, was Ellen at the table? Yeah. I did not know a, that she, she was, was one of the beautiful the women that you were sitting with at the bar the night I met you. Okay. I did not realize <laughs> that was her. Yeah. That's funny. Anyway. <laughs> She uh, rescues a lot of animals, and so we, we had been talking back and forth, and she recommended this lady who uh, is an animal behavior specialist, so she has the degree and she has all the experience, but she also is, a, I guess, dog psychic, which I don't buy into the woo-woo. That's not my gig, so I didn't buy any of that. And she said, no, no, she'll really help you. I know, she, you know, she'll be able to tell you and this and that and on and on. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't do the woo-woo. And she's like, oh, but it's only this much an hour. And I'm like, I, I mean, 15 minutes is like 60 bucks or something. You know, it's like a massage. I'm like, no, I, I don't buy into the woo-woo. You're, you're not going to convince me. And I'm not going to shell out money for some crazy lady who says she can talk to my dog over the phone. I just, I don't buy any of that crap. Um, so she, in her infinite wisdom, uh just gave it to me as a Christmas present, so I couldn't say no. And um, so I went online and I looked looked up this lady's creds, and she actually does have credentials as far as animal behaviorist uh, training, you know, working with animals. So that side I can get behind. The woo woo can talk to the yeah. I don't buy any of that crap. Jim buys into that a little bit. I, it's not my gig. I don't believe. I in buy ghosts. into it, but I'm very cautious about yeah, it because I, it's. I don't believe it's, in it's ghosts. It really goes in, into dangerous yeah. spiritual territory yeah. if you're talking to a psychic who is not also a Christian. Mm-hmm. See, even that I'm in. Right? I know. I'm. I'm just I saying don't believe that that's in any of that stuff. So yeah. my my mom was all over that stuff. She she loved that stuff. In fact, my mom. When I was growing up, my mom honestly believed that if I believed that I could move things with my mind, that I would make it happen. So I remember five, six years old, uh, every night, you know, she'd come and she'd read me my book and she'd tuck me in and she'd tell me she loved me. And then she'd say, okay, close your eyes and hold out your hands and, and make your teddy bear float to you. 
and I'd have to say, come to me, come to me. And, you know, my teddy bear would magically be in my arms. And my mom, you know, my mom put it there. But she honestly believed that if I believed that I was making the teddy bear float across the room, that I would, I would. You know, I've never heard that, that story before. Really? It's adorable. <laughs> she honestly believed that. And, and so I, I found out later, she's like, yeah, you never really did float the teddy bear. I really thought you were going to eventually. I just figured, you know, if you believed in it hard enough, you that, that part of your brain would open up. I'm like, mom. People can't move things with their mind, okay? It's just, that's just not a thing. Anyways, I thought that was funny. So she also thought she was reincarnated off, off of the Titanic. So, I mean, she had some weird ideas. Well, I mean, she she her ancestor was on another boat. <laughs> well, that's true, the Mayflower. Yeah. <laughs> direct descendant. Direct descendant of the Mayflower person. All right. So I set up the time, called up this lady, and told her point blank, I'm not going to buy the woo-woo. So that, that that's just... Just so you know, the woo-woo ain't happening, but I am at my wit's end, and, and I tried to give her as little information as possible because if she was going to try to interject the woo-woo, it wasn't going to come out of me. But I did tell her, okay, that this dog just, the. I'd like to say the lights are on, but nobody's home, but there's no lights on. There's just no, just, there's No, just, she's right. The, the lights no actually there, there. go out. The lights just off, you know, and, and it's, I, I can't even describe, because I mean, even with Abby, even with my golden, we'd play fetch and she'd be like, oh, look at this thing over here. And she'd forget the ball and wander off. That's normal. But this dog is like, there is no ball. It's just, and there is no you. And there isn't even there, a me. There's nothing <laughs> just gone. And and th- there's even times where she'll be in the middle of doing something and literally will just freeze and stare off into space for a while. Just, so this lady... She said, I mean, some of the first things she asked is, what kind of food is she on? You know, what breed is she and this and that? So the very first thing she gave me that was incredibly valuable is I always had my, because I had a flat coat retriever and then a golden, and they were always on lamb. Mm -hmm. And I always had them on high quality food. And she goes, no, that is, your dog's half blue healer. That's the worst food you can have her on. She needs to be on salmon or beef. And I was like, okay, that's something tangible. That's something I can work on right mm-hmm. away and she goes yeah what because i was telling her about how she just shreds everything and she still kind of does that but it's not as bad as it no, was it isn't. It isn't. and she said it's because the dog constantly has indigestion and and i've noticed that you know the things that come out of the back end of the dog is much more pleasant as far as what was happening before so right, right. that corrected a situation immediately and she gave me a few other things to consider she said um She's probably part of a large litter. She might have been in what we call a log jam where she did indeed have um, lack of oxygen long enough. And then she did a little woo-woo. And she said, you know, I got the sense that when she came out, she took a big breath and was like, okay, I made it. Um, it, Which kind of says that she she may indeed have brain damage. So um, I don't believe, I don't know what about the woo-woo side, but it does make sense that she may. Um, she said she's very, very high functioning. She's not stupid. Definitely not um, stupid. But she said that you may have to treat her as if she's an autistic child. And that I can do. I mean, I have autistic mm-hmm. students. That I and, and that instantly, without any of the woo-woo stuff, that instantly gave me some insight into how to work with her. And so I said, okay, well, what about when her brain just completely turns off? And I mean, I'm at my wits end. What do I do? And she goes, really, the only thing you can do in that moment is pray. <laughs> it's like the doggy, the dog's brain will kick back in eventually. But, 
you know, as far as you're concerned, all you can do is pray. So that that's pretty much where I'm at with her. And then she gave me some insight. Um, <clears throat> she said, change the name. Just change it. The, uh, the name, she hates the name, doesn't like the name. The name's bad. And then she's like, oh, she wants a stronger name and this and that. I didn't buy into any of the woo-woo. But what was really odd is she said, well, she really wants a powerful name. And it, she wants it to have an A sound. I'm like, okay, so. She goes, like, Abigail or Alexis. Literally the names of my two best friends that I've ever had that I've lost. I said, well, those two names are right out. <laughs> right. <laughs> those two are right out. <laughs> and so the I thought about it. The way she nailed it, it basically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I will give her that. Mm-hmm. I will give her that. For all the names in the whole planet that she could have pulled out, the name, and I didn't tell her that. Right, right. And and I don't think even Ellen knew that, so Ellen couldn't have told her that. And, well, I mean, she knew Abby's name, but um, for her to pick those two specific names, that was like, okay, that is a little woo-woo for me, but wow. So I, I... Every animal I've ever had, I've either rescued when they're older, so you know I'm stuck with whatever name they have, or I rescue when they're they're very young, like all of our cats. I mean, Max, when he and Maggie came to us, they were three ounces, mm-hmm. snot nose, crusty old of her eyes. I mean, had to bottle feed them. I mean, uh, but after when we were only supposed to foster them too, so they didn't have names or anything. But when they started feeling better their names just popped in my head like they told me their names. Mm-hmm. Abigail did the same thing. I called her, I got her eight weeks old. I called her rooster sauce for the first week and just all of a sudden, no, no, Abigail popped into my head. And I'm not saying my pets name themselves, but at the same time, they kind of, it kind of feels like they do. Because it's like once the name pops in your head, that's it. That's, and, and I know sometimes we agonize over how to name our animal or our child and we go through all these names and then we decide and that's what we bestow upon them. Every animal I've ever had from... Sasha to Isabu to Abigail, they've always just, this is my name. And it, and it pops in my head, and that's their name. Mm. And um, even Maisie, when we rescued her, I didn't yeah. know what her name was. She was an older doggy, And they had given her the name Ginger. And, of course, that meant nothing to her. And when I took her out for, you know, the, to get to know her and took her out to the parking lot and walked her around and stuff, um, the name Maisie just popped in my head, and she came to it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was her original name and she found a way or if that was just something that just worked out. So I told Jim all this stuff and I told him, you know, here's the woo-woo side of stuff I don't believe. Here's this tangible stuff. Literally went to the store and got her uh, salmon and sweet potato that night because she said no. Get her no corn. Rice is not good for her. Do not give her lamb um, or chicken. It's like okay, that's gonna be rough. So she's on some. She eats better than we do, but I did find some salmon and sweet potato, and that instantly made a difference. And that was, according to you, it was pretty hard to find it that didn't have. It's the... So hard to find. It's like I even found one. It was like you know, one hundred percent bison, and then the second ingredient was <laughs> lamb. I'm like, but <laughs> you still have to go out of my way to find lamb. I guess lambs are cheap now or something. I don't know. But anyways, finding a non-lamb food was actually hard mm-hmm. even in the most expensive area so so we did that and um oh one other thing she said is that 
I need to get her hearing checked because she's sensing woo that she might have some deafness in one of her ears. So she said, because uh, I said I've tried a dog whistle, I've tried calling her gently, calling her meanly, calling her nasty, calling I mean, every banging on the side of the hat, whatever. So we have uh, metal sightings when you bang on it, it's really loud. Very. And nothing, just no recognition there at all. She said, well, try a, a, a clicker. Because she said if, if she does have a hearing problem, she might feel the vibration. And so I did. That night I got a clicker and I got a, a her new food. And then... Uh, while I was telling Jim, okay, uh, let's just change her name. Let's just do it. Because, first of all, Susie's a stupid-ass name. No offense to anybody named Susie, but it's a dumb name for... Well, okay, it's not a dumb name for a dog. It's dumb the way she got it. And it didn't suit her. And just say, oh, you know, my, my nickname's, you know, Dumb Dumb, so I'm going to name my dog that. It's like, no, that that's not how you name your dog, you idiot. <laughs> anyway... So I'm doing the dishes after I tell Jim this, and he's, like, looking up baby names and stuff, as you do. And I'm just doing the dishes. I'm listening to, you know, some YouTube something or other, and the name Aaliyah pops in my head. I'm like, huh, that was interesting. I said, well, what do you think of the name Aaliyah? And she raised one of her ears. I'm like, oh. So later on when I was done with the dishes, I'm like, okay, well, a lady said she wants a strong name. Starts with an A. So I went to the Internet and looked up, strong names that start with a and for some reason google popped up strong dog names that start with a which i did not type in but thanks google and number one alexis Mm -hmm. number two abigail (laughs) naturally number three Aaliyah. actually no Aaliyah was number three two Mm. and three were um abigail and alexis Mm. so Aaliyah was number one i'm like oh well then okay and I came in, what do you think of Aaliyah? And she actually made eye contact. And so that was an instantaneous holy crap. So Jim and I were both like, okay, it's a weird name. And it's like, I don't know where that even came from. Um, I was joking, well, you know the song, Aaliyah. And he thought, oh, ha, ha, that's very funny. Um, but I took her out that night with some treats. And, you know, we let her go to the end of the leash. And then I would call that name and she'd come. She comes to it. She comes to it, and it's only been a week. So we do not have a Susie Q. We have an Aaliyah, and you spell it A-A-L-I-Y-A-H. Just like the R&B singer. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, she's pretty buck doggy, so I, I think that yeah. that works. Um, I think it's a pretty name. We continue to have some some behavioral issues well, with our dog. She's very high energy, yeah. and she is still a pup. She's only nine months old. Right. And now that I know she's a special needs pup, I am able to give her a lot of grace. Mm-hmm. But I think, or at least I've been thinking, that one of the issues is since we do live out in the middle of no dang where, and all she sees on a daily basis is me, Jim, and the cows, uh, we do take her to the park as often as we can. When the weather's decent enough, we take her to the dog park and let her roll around. She's not aggressive. She's good with other dogs her size. And... She just loves to play with other dogs. And so I said, well, maybe we should consider the possibility of getting a second dog just so that she's not stomping all over the cat trying to play with the cat. Because Max is hurting, man. Yeah. That dog stomps on him. She, she tramples that poor cat. So we, we don't want the poor guy. I mean, he, he had a paw issue all last week because she stomped on him so hard. And I. I don't think she's trying to hurt him. It's just I don't think she realizes she's she's a good 
45 pounds now. She's mm-hmm. not a little thing anymore. And Jim said, no, we're not getting another dog. Are you insane? And then just out of the blue on Facebook, I don't even know what I was looking for or whatever, but somebody said that they, was it Facebook? It might have been, it been Neighbors or that um, at home or the next door, whatever the heck it's called. Uh, they had a oopsie litter of half lab, half healer pups. I'm like, that's exactly what Susie is. How odd. So my first thought is, well, maybe they were the breeder that she came from. But that's not the case because they didn't mean to make that cross. Apparently, um, mom and dad uh, <laughs> got together while they were at the grocery store, for the story mm-hmm. is. And, and she had, she was yeah, not yeah, supposed to be. <laughs> she was not supposed to be in her cycle at that time. So, and, um, you know, rehoming fee, blah, blah, blah. Um, both the healer dad and the black lab mom are both AKC, but the cross breed is not. But so, I mean, they're good stock and uh, they live on a farm literally a minute away from where we live, like yeah. just right and around the corner. Also with so, cats and cats and turkeys poultry and, and yeah. Yeah, all kinds of things. They sell eggs. So I said, hey, Jim, don't kill me, but why don't we just, I don't know, go see. Right. Because these puppies are are nine weeks old, Mm -hmm. and so they're pretty small. And they had two females left because I only wanted a female. And so we packed up Aaliyah and went out there what about two hours before the show? Yeah, it was right after I got home from the uh, from the wedding event. And, uh, let them play with each other, and and I was on the fence. So I had not made a decision. I just uh, my idea was that I wanted to talk to a professional breeder who had experience with this particular mm-hmm. cross, and see if I could find out anything about Aaliyah because I don't mm-hmm. know doodly about blue healers. And he did give me some really good insight. And um, very nice. Now I, very I understand nice that it's not just her wanting to rip and shred every piece of paper and, and Kleenex she can find, that's actually a breed trait. That's mm-hmm. part of what they do. And So, uh, yeah, as they're playing around with the puppies and everything, um, Jim's like, okay, let's do this. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> no, what, but she, she skipped one part. <laughs> a, 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 about a week before we talked to the dog expert, the dog had escaped, and I was in the middle of preparing for this very show, and... Melanie walks in and says, the dog escaped. I said, yeah, okay. Yeah, didn't care. I, I, I just, by this point, I, I was fed up. Or so or I, don't care. I went, we went looking for her, and I walked off by myself, and I prayed, God, if you want, if this dog is meant to stay with us, please have her in the house when I get back. A couple of minutes later, I was back at the house. She was there. I decided to use this method again because... I was on the fence, kind of leaning towards getting the dog because I thought Aaliyah would like a companion. And I asked, what, what, what is your fee? And they said 100 bucks, and I was pretty much out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. And I, but <laughs> I, I did the same thing. I said, God, God, if you want us to take home one of these puppies, I want one to run right up to me. I opened my eyes. It hadn't or just run to me. It was, it was at my feet going, hi, Dad. <laughs> All right. I mean, for all we talk about not believing in psychics and all that nonsense, well, 
Okay, and, then. and that was the one that kept coming up to me over yeah. and over again. So and, it was and we really knew because they dog. were rolling around in the ground and getting duck and turkey crap all over them, and they were soaking wet and were jumping in and out of an old pool and uh-huh. an old kiddie pool. And uh, so, yeah. this is the one that was. I the, think we the brought wettest. the right one home, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, she's passed out at my feet right now. And, and there's a reason for that because, because these they, dogs got along fantastic. Yeah, and they. Uh, Aaliyah's still a little gruff she's i mean considerably bigger than the puppy and she's rough um but she only made the puppy squeal once puppy loves her like is all over her biting her ears and they're playing you know, tug of war already that, with the, that with is the dog exactly toys. what i wanted because when we went to a church function another person who has a, a chocolate lab uh they brought their dog, and I was like, oh, oh, I'm so excited. They'll play with each other and this and that. Chocolate Lab, not interested at all. Didn't, didn't He wanted to steal her toy, and that's about it. But she loves tug-of-war. That's her favorite thing in the whole wide world. This dog will yank your arms off. She will play tug-of-war forever and ever. Favorite and this, toy in the world? A piece of a rope, piece of rope, from, rope from, from, from the hardware yep. store. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Lowe's. Pay three <laughs> bucks for a piece of rope. Tie not on either. I'm favorite toy in the whole wide world. So... When the puppy picked up a, a toy and she picked up the other side and they started, you know, pulling on it. Oh, my gosh. My heart just exploded. It was so cute. So, yeah, we are a two-dog household now. And still a two-cat household. Max has been on his perch just – I can see the look in his eyes. It's You know, he, he, he observes everything with wry amusement. It's like, oh, here we go again. I haven't seen Which Fritzy. is funny because the, the woo-woo lady said that – <laughs> I, I, you know, she only does one reading at a time, but right. she, um, Max was actually in my lap while mm-hmm. she was talking and she goes, well, the, the orange cat finds, uh, Aaliyah interesting. <laughs> he says she's entertaining. It's like, well, it does sound like something Max would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, dance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, the gray kitty thinks that uh, the reason she's following her around and, and growling at her all the time is because she thinks that she needs to discipline her. And she said, just tell her that I'm the one in charge. I discipline the dog. I don't know if I buy into that or not. But oh, I, so I had a long talk with her and she just blinked at me and said, I love you, daddy. Yeah, that's about all you. Geez. All right. I love you, daddy. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. Cat, oh, my goodness. Uh, she, she and Max will be making a, an appearance very shortly here. Yes, actually, um, we sent them out on the, on the in the field. They haven't done that for a long time. A long time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, do we? Oh, this is something I wanted to read. Okay. This is a study that's kind of a duh, but this came out from Harvard. And Interesting. The headline is. To be successful, chase your purpose, not your passion. And this goes, I mean, it flies in the face of everything everybody tells you all the time. You know, find your passion, pursue it, and this and that. Um, you could have a passion for something you're absolutely crap at. Well, yeah. I guess that's their point. Yeah. Or, or is it? I don't know. I haven't read the article. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and read it because I think this is a very valuable article and it's quite short. So. Excellent. Follow your passion is one of the most frequently repeated bits of work advice. So this comes out of Inc. Magazine, and of course we will have all of the links archived, of course, on CounterCultureWise.com, so make sure you visit there. Follow your passion is one of the most frequently repeated bits of work advice. It's also one of the most frequently criticized, and for good reason. 
Experts suggest that, for most of us, hard work makes us passionate for a field rather than the other way around. We develop passion for what we do over time rather than starting out with clear, defined passion for a particular career path. This, I can say, is true. I never had a passion for teaching. I certainly didn't have a passion for math. And yet I find that this is my passion. Teaching mm -hmm. these kids has been the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And that came after the work. But if passion is a trailing indicator that you found the right field for you, that still leaves those at the start of their careers with a tough question. If you don't follow your passion, how do you choose a career? A new Harvard Business Review post from Harvard Business School professor John, this looks like a, uh, one of your names, Jackimowitz, Jingleheimer Schmidt, offers a simple <laughs> research back reply. Focus less on what makes you feel pas passionate and more on what you truly care about. Now, how do we separate those two? Why purpose beats passion? When we think about passion, we think about the joy you get when you're rocking out with your garage band, indulging in a beloved hobby, or volunteering to cuddle kittens at your local shelter. Those are all, of course, great things to do. But Jekamowicz insists happiness is a lousy career guide, and his research proves it. In one study of several hundred employees, he notes, we found that those who believed pursuing passion meant following what, what, what brings one joy were less likely to be successful in their pursuit of passion and were more likely to quit their job nine months down the line. Hmm. Chasing passion, in other words, tends to make you less satisfied at work because, no huge shocker here, work is often difficult, draining, and even boring. So you are doomed to simply take whatever job you can. Sorry. So are you doomed to simply take whatever job you can that pays the bills? Well, no. All you need to do is substitute purpose for passion when considering your path. Instead of asking what makes you happy and following your passion, instead ask yourself what you care deeply about. By focusing on purpose, you align your work with your deepest values and also relieve yourself of the expectation that the long slog of a career will be all or even mostly happiness and sunshine. Purpose gives you the resilience to succeed. Um, again, uh, Jacomowitz has researched to back up his claim that chasing purpose will make you more successful than chasing passion. In another set of studies, I found that passion alone is only weakly related to employees' performance at their work, but the combination of passion and perseverance, for example, the extent to which employees stick to their goals even in the face of adversity, was related to higher performance. A well-rooted sense of purpose, in other words, gives you way more resilience than passion alone ever could. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that resilience is what is likely to make you successful over the long haul. And apparently there are many more studies to back this up. Wow. So if you're at the start of your Very career or you're contemplating a career change, stop trying to follow your passion to do the right job for you and instead ask yourself this simple question – what do I truly care about? Purpose is far better a uh, career compass than joy. So How about joy that? Joy comes after. Yeah, I thought that was very valuable, so I wanted to share that with our listeners. Well, thank you. Yes. 
All right, now you know all of our dirty laundry, our dirty dogs, and a little bit about passion. You want to check in at Davos and see what happened? Yeah, there? let's let's uh, let's roll the tape. Tonight, CCW News brings you coverage from Davos with our own roving reporter, Fritzina Fluffybottom, and news anchor Max von Riegelbeiser, live at the World Economic Forum, where hundreds of real-life zillionaires fly their private jets to a resort in Switzerland as part of their plot to overthrow the world. Take it away, cats, and keep it. Thank you, Larry! Larry? Really? (laughs) Let it go, Chuck. Fritzy and I are thrilled to the tips of our whiskers to be part of this press corps here in Davos, Switzerland. The security here is a sight to behold. While all the rich and powerful people were being wanted, patted, and checked in, we just walked right in between the guards' legs. The best part about being an apex predator is that we fit right in with the rest of the attendees. Oh my gosh, Big Brother, there are so many famous and fancy people here, I hardly know where to start. I think we should go right to the top. Which one of these old, scary, bald men is in charge? I honestly don't know, dear sister. They all look and sound the same to me, too. Oh, I think I recognize that guy talking over there. He has a really distinct accent. Let's start with him. Hello, Mr. Soros. We're here from CCW News, and we are big fans. We loved you when you only lived twice in Austin Powers. Would you please take a few moments to tell us about your role here? Hello, Miss Kitty. Welcome to my event. Soros could not make it this year, I am afraid. (laughs) I am the founder of the WEF, Klaus Schwab. Six million apologies, Herr Schwab. My sister does get you too confused sometimes. After all, she is a cat. We do appreciate you taking the time to interview with us. Our listeners are curious about the goings-on. Given that there are so many odd conspiracy theories about how you want to control the entire planet's food supply, technology, medicine, energy, banks, communications, and population. They even say you want to create human-robot hybrids and designer stomach enzymes that you can use to reprogram and control people. Yes, that is all true. It is? Every single thing? Then why are other reporters being called tinfoil hat-wearing lunatics for asking if what you just said was true? And if it is all true, why are you doing it right out in the open for all to see? Well, we cannot have the general population concern themselves with the difficulties of our plans for them. It is better to have them believe that it is not real. They are so easy to manipulate that they will believe anything the talking box tells them. So we do not even bother to cover it up. (laughs) I have even written a book that they could read about it if they wanted to. Well, I don't understand half of uh, what you just said, but it sounds nice. I hear that the theme this year is corporations for a fragrant world. That is cooperation in a fragmented world, Miss Cat. We intend to master the future by forcing big corporations and technology to work with governments for the Great Reset. But what if people do not want to cooperate? That would be most unfortunate, mein cat. Oh dear, I did not see that coming. Well then, perhaps you should pay better attention. Auf Wiedersehen, Mr. Cat. Oh gosh, big brother, he got so mad over a little question that he stormtrooped off. I wonder why he was so upset. He seems to have everything he could ever want. He could be using all of his power and money and influence and smarts and connections and scariness to try to help people instead of being so mean and bossy all the time. It looks like I have a lot to read upon, dear sister. Look, here comes another one of the bigwigs. He is the president of Europe's largest industrial company, Siemens. I'll bet he's got more money than Kirk Cameron. 
Hello, Mr. Jim Hangman Snape. Do you have time for a quick interview? Oh, I've always wanted to meet you, Mr. Snape. I just wanted to tell you how much I love how you always treated Harry Potter like you didn't like him when you were just really a sad man who got hurt and then actually saved everybody in the end. I knew all along that you didn't kill Dingle Bore. You don't look like Alan Rickman, but I know he was just playing you in the movies. I bet you're even nicer in person than how you were played in the movies. But in the world? So what would a wizard be doing at the World Economic Forum? Not a wizard, I... Oh, a thousand pardons. That's correct. The wizard thing is only for the movies. In a way, it's a relief. At least that Klaus fellow will not be able to wish his New World Order magically into effect. Now, since you are featured here at the WTF, you must still be very powerful in a different way. What were you here to talk about? I am here to discuss ways to save the climate. Oh, no, Mr. President of Siemens. Is the climate really going away? What will happen to the flowers and the birds and the lizards and the peacocks and the cows and the porcupines and the crabgrass and the pine trees and the fishes and the yellow-breasted sapsuckers and the goats and the kumquats and the platypuses and the hippopotamuses? Don't you worry, Miss Cat. It's not going away completely. It's simply changing. It is? Yes, and one of the main things we're talking about here is how we can correct that and continue to make the climate livable on Earth. A noble goal indeed. If I could only understand what you were talking about... I think I should go now. A thousand barometers of pardons, good sir. I assure you I have only the best of intentions. But I am in the end just a cat. I don't always express myself in my intended way. But I promise I will do my best to understand and be understood. Fair enough. What is your proposal to help fight climate change? We strongly believe that a key component of success in this area is to reduce the number of meat-eaters on the planet. You're not talking about us, are you? What? Oh, no, we are strictly talking about the humans. Well, that's a relief. I don't know what I would do if I couldn't eat chicken or fish or mutton or venison or rabbit or mice or canaries or cheeseburgers or steaks or chili con carne or clam chowder or beef stew or pork chops or ham hocks or buffalo wings or ceviche or stickers or sushi or shark or meatballs or beefy mac or BLTs or bison or... Oh, but please, you're making me hungry. And what do you suggest as alternatives? Hey, Mr. Cat, until we can create new proteins, we suggest such sources as algae, seaweed, cacti, and the bugs. And how many people do you suggest should change from bacon-wrapped sirloin to braised aloe vera with ladybug butter? Five dozen? A few thousand? Just a billion. A billion? Why, that's even bigger than the population of Ohio. A very lofty goal indeed. And are you volunteering to be one of those billion? Of course. I already am a vegetarian. Well, that would explain why you're so small, good sir. That leaves me with another pressing question, sir. Is your company name Siemens indicative of another alternative protein source? Screw this. I'm out of here. He must be on his way to a fine roasted ragweed and roach dinner. Oh, look, Big Brother, it's former Vice President Al Gore. Hi, Mr. Al Gore. Do you have time for a few questions for CCW News? Sure, uh, Miss Cat. Mr. Gore, after you lost in 2000, you said the polar ice caps would be completely melted in three to five years. And when that didn't happen, in 2006, you bumped it to another 50 years in your inconvenient documentary, in which you also said that by 2016... Children would have no idea what snow was. Then in 2017, you made your inconvenient sequel, in which you promised mass starvation due to crop failures in China. Much like the esteemed Dr. Fauci, whom I have also interviewed, I cannot help but admire a man who can tell such whoppers and still have a following. Screw this. I'm out of here. I didn't even get to ask him an inconvenient question. Oh, well. Hey, Big Brother, here comes another nice man that didn't become president. Mr. Carey, Mr. Carey down here. You said you think using fossil fuels is bad for us. Does that mean your airplane runs on your wife's ketchup? Screw this. I'm out of here. 
Well, that wasn't very nice. How about this man in a sweatshirt? He keeps asking everybody for money. I thought the panhandlers were supposed to be outside. Oh, dear sister, you should recognize the president of Ukraine. He interviewed with me just last year. Ah, yes, Mr. Zelensky. You say you oppose authoritarian governments. So when do you plan to step down? Grow this. I am out of here. We will continue to monitor the goings-on of the Axis of Evil uh, World Economic Forum. I'm Chuck U. Farley for CCW News. Good night, and may God help us. Well, that went as well as can be expected. <laughs> I think the two cats are probably the, the smartest people in the room for all their alleged brains. Yeah. And just, I, I don't know. I, well, they, I, they certainly know how to get under people's skin. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, I just, I don't know. You think of all the James Bond movies that have come out in the last 60 years, and there were so many Bond villains who were just like I mean, these guys were all Blofelds, you know, walking yeah. around like plotting Literal world domination. Germans trying to take over <laughs> the world. I mean, that's Gee. always a good idea. <laughs> They've tried. They failed. Uh, okay. The, yeah. We have the absolute poster child of cute going on in the office right now. Yeah. The favorite toy of all time is now being tugged on either side by <laughs> both dogs. It's absolutely and we didn't horrible. we didn't initiate it. Nope, nope. The puppy picked it up and brought it to the the big one, and yep. That's I think adorable. we have the be. I think we have the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I think we do. I think we did the right Sweetheart. thing. <sighs> all right. Never in a million years thought that Jim would want another dog, but there I you didn't. Go. I didn't. But <laughs> at the same time, I did want a companion for. For Aaliyah. I keep wanting to say Susie. Yeah, that, that, for, the name that shall not be named. The name that shall not be named. But I, I knew Aaliyah would want a companion, and Max isn't up to it, and Fritzy isn't having it. So I think I think yeah, it'll be better to have two yeah. dogs than one. Yeah, you know, they're like I don't want more chips. of them, mind you. They're that, like potatoes. Yeah, didn't they say they had 20 dogs on their farm? Yeah. And they had like a million cats and a big old turkey that was really upset with Tur- our The presents. turkey didn't want our presents. Yeah, he was, they, he was they all were, flayed out and yeah, you know, just like shaking. And, well, what's just doing here? Smacking smack eh? his wings on the... Eh? It was funny. He wants us to whack his, huh? Yeah, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> like, it was a big old just, turkey. <laughs> That's exactly what That it is going like to make there. a yummy Thanksgiving dinner, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Okay, well, we're almost at the top of the hour, and we haven't even hit news of the weird and wonderful. Oh, so, yeah. um, this one is weird, so let's go ahead and... Uh... <laughs> Counterculture Wise is proud to present News of the Weird and Wonderful. Here are your hosts, Melanie Hope and Jim Monis. Yep, this one falls <laughs> under the odd... Yeah, this comes so, out of Utah. Uh, I, I just want to share this story in a specific way. Okay. This is an obituary of a of a man who they're talking about what a, a they gave him a glowing obituary. So he's a Utah man, forty two years old, and recently passed away. It's pretty young. Um so let's let's hear about this guy. He achieved the rank of Eagle Scout. There's lots of pictures of him and his beautiful family. Spent the summer after graduation working in Alaska in a fishing processing fish processing plant. 
His leadership skills, values of honest hard work and determination quickly led him to be a line manager and over a crew of 10 to 12 men. This is the obituary. And, and by the Michael way, this called, the, the... Oh, go ahead. Michael was called and served a full-time mission to Porto Alegre, South Brazil, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was said to have met his future wife during their time in Southern Utah University, where he was named the Outstanding Finance Student. They were married in the St. George Temple in 2003. Together, they welcomed five children into their family. They name all the children. Each of these children were truly a cherished miracle to them. Michael made it a point to spend quality time with each and every one of his children. He enjoyed making memories with his family. It also said that he lived a life of service. Well, he did take time for each and every member of his family. Which I will explain in just a moment. He, uh, I just want to interject one thing and I'll let you finish the story. These photos, it looks like he's running for... Sen- a Republican so, yeah. senator. Of, these are the photos Utah. that come in the frame yeah. when you buy them. Um, meanwhile, a GoFundMe account was set up, and this is for real. I thought this was a joke, but they literally, literally replaced his picture with a picture of Jesus. And it actually has made over $95,000. There's just one bitsy teensy weensy detail that they well, didn't what's mention wrong? in the what's obituary. The detail? Just weensy tiny okay. little detail. Don't keep me in suspense. What did he do or not? He do actually or... murdered his entire family. Oh. His wife, all the children, oh, and his mother in law. Murdered the mother them, in gunned law. them down, went mother on a killing spree. The mother in law. So somebody was either getting paid by the word <laughs> for this obituary. And then you know you got a nice guy like me when I cr- when I when I kick the, the the when I kick off my immortal coil or shuffle off my bucket or however you do that the rabbit kick the bucket, bucket the, the rabbit kick the bucket it, that's gonna be basically my obituary yeah he died yeah meh next Q highway to hell uh, yeah exactly <laughs> I don't know what a bizarre <laughs> but replacing his picture with Jesus that's just weird. And Jesus, he wants to go to Venus. Leave leave on far behind. Yeah, so they actually, I mean, in case you think it's not real, they actually did post a picture of this obit and Insane. Wow. So this quite the opposite of kind of went kooky on Twitter. People (laughs) found it. So um I guess rest in peace his family and roast in peace their uh Michael. (laughs) Weird. Speaking of up in flames. Ah, yes. A Tennessee mansion that went up in flames back in September is for sale, and the owners aren't holding anything back. Listed for nearing $1.5 million. Well, it was a gorgeous house. It was. It's like an old plantation. Yeah, it columns is. It's, the whole bit. Yeah. Um, the home on Winslow Road in Franklin was a total loss. It's being sold as is, according to Zillow. The mansion has been listed on Zillow for three days. The fire sale, so to speak, well, it is so to speak, it is a fire sale, has already gotten nearly 110,000 views and 2,300 saves. Sold as is, rare opportunity to own <laughs> approximately five acres with two existing. That is sad. That is really sad. Because that is a gorgeous home. And, and, oh, man. On September 11th, a construction worker was inside the home called 9-11 to report an explosion. 
The flames spread quickly and caused the roof to collapse before firefighters were able to get under control. The guest house wasn't touched by the fire. So you can be a guest in your own $1.5 million home. Okay. Read the listing below or click here to see the original. Tragic total loss by fire of a classic mansion. Sold as is. <laughs> Rare opportunity to own approximately five acres with two existing homes on this one site in Williamson County. Five minutes from I-65. Guest home is included and was not touched by the fire. They actually include pictures of the fire itself on the Zillow. Yeah. That's hilarious. It's like, well, they just wanted to prove that it's true. It really was a fire there. They didn't just like paint it up like that. Et cetera, et cetera. But I mean... And save tens of thousands of dollars and build any home of your dreams without Williamson County impact fees. Most fees waived. Hey, that's All right, then. that's nice. Um, it is really there. sad, though. I mean, any home going up in flames is a horrible thing. But when you got a beautiful mansion like that, that's just that's horrible to me. Yeah, weird stuff. Especially when you were trying to sell it and probably needed the dough. Yeah. Okay. This this isn't wonderful, and I'm not celebrating this, but we did report on this before. I'm not really sure where to put this. It's more like why we can't have nice things, but... Kind of. But... So, but. Uh, you've probably seen the videos. If not, you can head on over to counterculturewise.com. But this lady was walking her baby in a stroller, and this 17-year-old kid drove the wrong way down a one-way street and plowed into her, sending her flying ass over tea kettle and knocking over the, I mean, almost crunching the baby. Now, both of them survived. Uh, this, of course, was in California, which means he slap was immediately, <laughs> he didn't even get a slap on the wrist. They, they, they fed him a bowl of cereal and sent him home. The California juvenile convicted of mowing down a mother walking her eight-month-old in a stroller in Los Angeles was supposed oh, to appear careful. in court on Thursday to ask for an early release. Um, where's the second half of it? So the surveillance video. Oh, I thought I had the second half. Oh, bugger. Okay, so let me find the other. I didn't have the second half, so vamp, Jim, vamp. Oh, yes. I wasn't ready to vamp. Here we go. Vamp, 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 vamp. Drop everything. Drop everything and come to our website. Thank you. Ouch. Thank you so much. Come to our website. Go to our shop. Buy our stuff. If you enjoy what you're hearing, you know I want this to be a situation where this is a major part of my career, what I do for a living and that kind of thing. The only way we can do this is if you guys who love our show spread the word, bring in more listeners, um, go to our store, donate. We love you, whether you can do it or not. If you can't, I understand. Um, but if you can support us in any way, shape, or form, that would be mighty good. And um, if you want to be a sponsor on our show, like we say at the beginning and the end of every show, contact us through our, our website, through our email. And we will get to you. We'll give you a very reasonable rate to help you spread the word about your business or service. How did I do? You did great. 
Thank you. I still haven't found it. Okay. <laughs> so coming up later this year, that we're going to have a whole lot of. So there was drugs ma'am. and marijuana in the in the kids' system. Um, he didn't have a driver's license, and he was already on probation for a prior offense, felony poisoning, after allegedly spiking a high school girl's drink. I mean, this guy's a piece. Oh, isn't of this work. guy a peach? Yeah. Why isn't he behind bars already? Um, oh, California. That's right. Yeah. Texas, he'd have been strung up. But anyway, that's one of the reasons. Thin white male with neck tattoos. Surprise, surprise. What are we chewing on? What are we chewing on? See, I was, I was really hoping not for the what are you chewing on during our yeah. show. Or for me, was saying under my breath, be careful, be careful, because the dog, the, the big dog had her total face around the, the puppy's head. the name of the kid. They don't give you the name because he's a because minor. he's a minor. So I can't look up the story. Um. Oh, anyway. He wants early release, but something else happened, and I wanted to find... Keep vamping, Jim. Keep vamping. You got one job there, Jimmy. I got one job. It's it's commercial break time. Here we go. Here we go. All right. It's not commercial break time. I don't know why this wasn't up. Yeah. Uh, It looks like they they took the the same... So they do this thing where they'll take the same article and, like, refurbish it, Mm -hmm. but not actually change it so the 17 year old who ran over a mother walking her baby in a stroller in 2021 and received just a few months of diversionary camp as punishment well golly gee willikers he was gunned down in palmade california this week so his name was christopher baca who uh, you say palmdale uh yeah palmdale he wasn't identified until now because now he's dead um, yeah, apparently he's such a piece of work and such a fine, upstanding citizen that after they just, they didn't, like I said, they didn't give him a slap on a wrist. They sent him to a summer camp. He almost kills this woman and her infer- infant. He almost killed another girl by poisoning her drink. And he's out there just no, gang he banging. He this, and he this... done got gang banged. So there you go. He's oh, well. gone. So like I said, that is, we're not, that is tragic. We're not well, how really old is he? Cele- 17? Yeah, yeah. My God, so we're not, where are we're the not parents celebrating here? Celebrating this, but at the same time, it's like we finally. I mean, got it, the, the world is not a worse place for it, but no. I'm just saying it's it's like. It's sad that it had to come out that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, 17, you're still in the prime of your life, and you can still make the decision to change things, turn your life mm-hmm. over to God, whatever it takes. Just doesn't seem like he was interested, and no. he, he got what was coming to him. So afraid so. Um, the woman feels like. Um, she said the universe delivered the justice. Don't whiz on the electric cord. I'm sorry. <laughs> the universe delivered the justice we weren't given in court, but a much harsher punishment than he'd have been dealt in a court of law, she said. Hmm. So it's kind of a bittersweet thing for her. Um, very sad, and yet at least she finally got to see justice. So, Yeah, I'm sorry that was so hard to find. Like I said, they did this thing. It's the exact same article with the exact same outlet, but they didn't update it. Now, on what other podcast can you hear us disciplining dogs? This is a unique situation. There is no other podcast in America that I have ever heard. Too bad we're not on video because the cuteness would be. Do do you think Joe Rogan would interrupt Ben Shapiro to say, "Hey, down, down, down"? What? What? Stephen Crowder does it all the time. He does. Yes, he does. He disciplines his dog all the time. Excellent. Yes. 
dogs on camera. And that, that's that's a great story they in and of itself. It, it, although the, the entire conservative, the entire conservative podcast world is just it's all they can talk about is that I he's. Feel like mommy and daddy are fighting, and I don't like it. Yeah, pretty much. Congratulations, Steve. You you did you did good for yourself. Anyway, our next story comes from here. Some teachers are absolutely wonderful and the biggest supporter of their students. It is the law of the universe that you get back the love you spread, and a particular group of students let their teacher know how much they love her. She is a widely loved teacher who most probably took care of all kids to the best of her abilities. So in order to honor their teacher during Christmas, this entire class contributed and bought the most special gift anyone could ask for. Her reaction to this wonderful gift was caught on video and was posted by Reddit by somebody. It begins the teacher lovingly called Miss Pow Pow, bursting into tears as soon as she realized that her students had bought a Christmas gift for her. She asked them in between happy tears, what is this? And the students asked her to open up in the middle of the class. She first opens up a thank you card from the class and she breaks down tears saying, teachers never get thank you. She goes ahead and opens the gift, which is a Steelers team jersey. Oh. Those things are not cheap, by the way. Oh. <laughs> the real, the genuine ones, yeah. Easy payments, nice load. Anyway, uh, with powwow written on it, that's bad. That's cool. The teacher is absolutely happy and surprised to see such a thoughtful gift from her students. She holds a T-shirt up and is not able to process the enormous love of her students. She screams in joy, cries, and continually expresses her shock throughout. This adorable video has gathered several thousand views on Reddit and 3.4 thousand upvotes. So congratulations, Miss Pow Pow. What a great, great gift. Very sweet. Very you know, thoughtful. I, it, it's more thoughtful than what we got our electric, our, our electric shop teacher. What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. More powerful. <laughs> this is, um, we pulled our money together and hired an exotic dancer. And all he could do was just stand there with his mouth agape as this woman was gyrating with all her jewels and how, bells and stuff. How do kids... We were all, you know, 17, 18 years old. It was... You terrible children. <laughs> did he enjoy it? Oh, hell yeah. He, lo- he loved it. He loved it. But where, where did you, where did she? I don't remember it where. It couldn't have been on school property. Couldn't it have? Well, nowadays it could. No, nowadays... it was actually, it was absolutely in in his, in our shop oh, class. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord, I cannot believe you did that and got away with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is nowadays, if you were to, to hire a woman exotic dancer, uh-huh. and you would get expelled and there'd be a big thing, but if it were a dude dressed as a woman, stunning and brave. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're doing right now. Lots, on, lots, on, um, lots, of, lots of cunning stunts going on. on uh, I believe there. it's Facebook and TikTok. They, <laughs> That's my dirty joke of the week. <laughs> Facebook and TikTok ban, of course, nudity, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so you're not allowed to show your breasts mm-hmm. unless they're transgender breasts or you're non-binary. So now you can just pop out your boobs. Oh, by the way, I don't know what I am. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, and, and just say... Oh, no, it's okay that you're seeing my big old flappy, flapjack, you know, hanging down nipples pointing every dang which way. I'm non-binary, and that's okay. It's like, well, no, how about we don't see anybody's boobs at all ever? Just nobody. I boobs. do, because I'm a guy. 
But anyway. Yeah, but the thing is, is now you now, can I don't only know. see guy boobs. No, I don't want that. You can That's only boring. see guy boobs. My, mine are boring. These, the, these the, poor, only, the only exciting thing about my boobs is the tattoos on top of them. Or these poor women it's, that are having theirs, you know, removed. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Ugh, anyway, so I didn't want to go too far off the All right, path. one last story, then we'll, we'll pay a couple bills, and then we'll come back and... Uh, Let's do some Florida man. I think I think we're past due for Florida man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got I do have a new nor, new abnormal keyed up, and but yeah, let's do some Florida man. Sounds like fun. Okay, so one last story. This is this is a, a post that I ran across in Cora, and I just happened to hit it, and I just I love this story. It's pretty cool. So this happened in Montana. I'm on my way to my interview this morning when I get pulled over by a police officer. I am Native American, and my friend that was with me is black, just saying. Now, already you're thinking, ah, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, crap. Here we go again. <laughs> Both brake lights decided to go out this time. As he Ooh. walked to the car and I was pulling out my stuff, he quickly said, don't worry about pulling anything out. I just want you to know that your brake lights are out. So I'm immediately upset because I just got them replaced like last month. So I explained to him how Firestone wants to charge me $600 just to run a test on the wiring of the car. He looked at me like, and told me to pop the trunk. He checked the lights in the trunk and tapped them, but they didn't come on. So he told me to pop the hood to check the relay box and then asked me to get out to check the other one. Then worked on the wiring under the dash. And there's actually a photo of this cop on his hands and knees with his head under the dash. (laughs) it's like guns and gloves and things sticking up his ass in the air it's hilarious (laughs) he could have easily given me a ticket but officer jenkins stepped out of his car out of his officer role and into the mechanics role and human role to make sure i was straight and by the way he fixed them now that cop deserves a commendation and a raise that that's what cops used to be i remember well, that's because it was in Montana. It wasn't yeah. in Atlanta where they just yeah. glare at you as they drove by. I, I remember one time it was pouring down rain, of course, because I lived in Washington State, and I had a flat tire. And I'm on the side of the road, and it was you know an older car, so back then you could replace the tires. Nowadays, you, they, they don't difficult. even give you a donut. They don't give you a jack, nothing. You get, you're get you lucky if you get a can of, of, of spray. We don't mm. even have that in the Kia. And um cop pulled over and i'm like oh gosh i'm gonna be in trouble and this and that and he's like no i just wanted to make sure that you had enough light and he parked his car sideways so that he he could shine his light on me mm-hmm. and then came out and helped me change my tire i was like that's the way cops were supposed to be you know um all right well folks we're gonna pay a couple of bills uh take we a do puppy have up. one new sponsor by oh, the way oh we do have one new sponsor yeah, yeah. well we, we gotta pay bills we might as well pay them this might way as well pay them this way Now that the masks have finally come off, large portions of society are reckoning with the fact that they enjoyed being imprisoned in their homes for nearly three years. Businesses no longer bother with customer service. Co-workers no longer bother changing out of their pajamas when they come to the office. And men and women no longer even bother with dressing up to go on dates. In celebration of this mediocrity, CCW Labs presents a new line of cosmetics 
toiletries, and other personal care products for the man or woman who simply no longer gives a damn about themselves, their hygiene, or their effect on society. Introducing Meh, a line of quality health products for the modern person not bothering to go anywhere. Our impudent toothpaste is especially formulated to clean the Cheeto sheen off your gums and guarantees to barely cover the garlicky goodness of your sequestered self. It's available in Winter Meh, Spear Meh, and Cinna Meh. With our line of Meh Trolium Jelly products, you can get back to the moist skin that months indoors took away. The line includes Meh Zine Eye Drops to help you adjust outdoor life, and Preparation Meh to help ease the pain of standing up again. Men and women will need our Meh-Beline makeup line in order to be accepted into polite society, with colors like Mesmerize, Material Girl, and our full line of Metallics. You'll find colors to match your skin tone and your total apathy. Our products are only available online because that's the only way anyone shops anymore. Order today, or don't. I don't care. Leaders, listen up. Do you feel like you can't get a dang thing done because of all the namsy-pamsy crybabies that want you to coddle their creativity? When you give orders, are you met with vacant stares only rivaled by a cocker spaniel? It's not them. It's you. You need to shape up or they'll ship you out. Read the Sniper's Guide to Leadership and you'll become a more effective leader, communicator, and motivator. Forget smart goals and learn swift goals. Get the Sniper's Guide to Leadership in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. Today! When a disaster happens, are you ready? Do you have the supplies you need to keep you and your family safe and survive? The Zombie Outpost Store in Wilmington, Ohio at Caesar Creek Flea Market stocks quality gear you need to be ready for the next emergency or even a camping trip. Visit zombieoutpoststore.com for location and hours. Check out our assortment of essentials you need when the next disaster happens. Go to zombieoutpoststore.com. Get 10% at checkout when you mention CounterCultureWise Radio. Be ready and be prepared. These are triggering times, between mean bosses forcing you to work your full shift as scheduled, having to actually be considerate to your fellow human beings, especially your friends and loved ones, and also having to constantly endure microaggressions from people who honestly believe they are innocent and have the best of intentions, not to mention orange man bad, the world can make you want to pull your blue hair right out of your head bark like a dog and scream re at the top of your lungs. Yes, the world is a scary place, but your car doesn't have to be. Introducing the Toy Motor Safe Space, the first SUV designed and marketed for millennial college students and the professors who inspire and influence them. With 23 cubic feet of storage space, you'll have plenty of room to store your picket signs, your crayons, your stuffed animals, 
and your emotional support iguana. Each seat has its own retractable blankets and booster seat style double seat belts to cradle and comfort you. The bubble wrap enhanced bumpers will give you that college feeling even when you are on the road. Additional safety and comfort features include our patented Re-Horn, allowing you to make your presence known without a toxic masculine blast. A state-of-the-art smart sound system that automatically blocks out conservative talk show hosts and country music. And of course, bad year tires, the tires that always veer left. This fine SUV is solar powered, and when the sun isn't shining, your retractable blankets allow it to be wind powered. It's a virtual green new deal on wheels. Our premier model is available in your choice of Lives Matter Black or Antifa Blood Red. Arrive at your mostly peaceful protests in style and comfort with the new Toy Motor Safe Space. Toy Motor, where do you think you're going? Hi, everybody. This is Fritzina Fluffybottom. Did you know that we have a subscribe star? We do! There are lots of fabulous extra things on there that you can't get anywhere else, like outtakes, new books, and extra videos. And you can sign up for as little as one dollar. Our entire show is funded by you, our loyal viewers. Please make sure you sign up today so that Mommy and Daddy can get me shiny new bells for my collar, extra feathery toys, yummy crumbly cat food bowls made just for kitty cats, more cow pillows for my couch, name brand albacore tuna, my own pink news desk, stuffed animals that look like me made their clothing up. This is not Bubba Waters. It is no longer 2020. But this is your new abnormal. I, I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class that have a full academic scholarship. The first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the International Moot Court Competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. If I could say one thing, I think... I now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. I'm the only president they got. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna happen. we're gonna postpone Florida Man for just a few minutes. I know we promised that, and we're <laughs> we'll definitely going to get we'll to still it. We'll still do it. We'll I mean, we it. got a little bit of wiggle room, and since our audience isn't with us, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll take some time. Play with and the congratulations to the San Francisco Farty, Farty Whiners. whiners. For Beating the Cowboys, you schmoes. So I have a fellow barefooter who um, <laughs> was not intelligent enough to not enter a bet <laughs> with his girlfriend. And apparently 
She's a shoddy who doesn't quite understand his lifestyle, and the bet is that for 24 hours, he must wear both socks and shoes. So 24 hours, including bedtime? I'm sure she's that cruel. If she's going to make Far, somebody... Good, good. I mean, this guy <laughs> This guy goes to weddings. He he, you know, he works, mm. everything. He doesn't... He's like me. He never wears shoes. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure she's that awful. I'm sure she's going to make him... I told him, because uh, he, he does have a... And I do, too. I uh, Shoes are tools. And if I'm out someplace where I know there's going to be goat's head spurs out there, because those things are evil and nasty, and we have a whole bunch of them around our mailbox i will wear like a flip-flop or something just to not get stabbed or if or if we're in a parking lot and, and it's a really hot day and the pavement's like crazy hot or yeah. at the dog park for obvious reasons um and you know so i try to get the thinnest soles i can possibly get and as open as possible so he has apparently a pair of um what are those uh, crocs those god awful hideously ugly things but i guess the holes make him feel better that he uses when he's doing like shop work where he could actually cut off a toe or something so i told him well you've already got that pair of shoes so just toss on some fishnets and there you go shoes and socks you're welcome <laughs> he's like that doesn't count <laughs> so i'll be interested to see because i told him pic- pictures or it didn't happen so it's, <laughs> I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens to my poor friend who just lost to the farty whiners all right, speaking of losing in Texas. Now, I thought I thought didn't we talk about this last week? About the Texas brewery? Mm, I, I I know they were they were gonna be hosting Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse can't get a break right now, folks. No. No, they they they, they the the whiny anti gun crazies are No, the anti free speech crazies. Those are the ones I'm ticked at. Well yeah, mm-hmm. there's that because it's literally But it's, if you take away the guns, you can take away the right to speech. What are they gonna do? Complain? <laughs> well that the Second Amendment is what protects the First Amendment. That's that was it. another way of what I yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, these supposedly non I do think we did talk about this. So the supposedly non political brewery Southern Star Brewing Company whose beers will never cross my lips um, they will not host the rally against censorship because Kyle Rittenhouse isn't is it ironic yeah so they say and I quote Southern Star Brewery is an apolitical organization but we feel that this event doesn't reflect our own values and we could not in good faith continue to rent our space for the event on 126. We don't do rallies. We make beer for people who like beer. Well, it's so good that you make beer for people who like beer because if you make people beer for people who didn't like beer, you probably wouldn't be in business no more. Well, here's know. the thing. They say they're apolitical. They put out a big sign. They made a big deal about it. But they had a pride event. That's political. Well, duh. Anyways, they canceled that. Um, I'm sure he found another venue, but he was also booked in our old stopping grounds on the Las Vegas Strip. At the Venetian, right? I believe so. Yes. Um, It was supposed to be a private reception. 
And that also was canceled. And I was reading some of the the, the tweet Nazis, you know, saying, oh, we're so proud of ourselves. We got this canceled. We put enough pressure on him, this and that. It's like, you know, if you think that you're doing good by silencing people, you are on the wrong side of everything, not just history. So, yeah, he was going to have a reception on Wednesday in the Oak Room, a cocktail bar inside the Grand Canal shops in the Venetian. Gunrights.org and Axel were listed as the sponsors. They said in a statement the tenant informed them that they had canceled the event, the Grand Shops Canal. Of course, they said, We do not speak on behalf of our tenants, but want to emphasize that this event did not align with our property's core event guidelines. You know, bite me in the bippy jackwad. Nice. And so all of these articles are like, Kyle killed three people. Kyle killed three people. He, oh no, he shot three people, killing two. Um, Kyle sh- killed two pedophiles. He did not kill people. <laughs> he made the world an infinitely better place, and he did it out of self-defense. The courts have proven such. The video has proven such. All the other garbage around it, 99.9% of it is absolute bald-faced lies. But the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, Kyle protected himself against two pedos and made the world a better place. That just got us booted off of YouTube, and I don't care. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if in case you weren't absolutely positive we were living in a dystopian nightmare... There's another story out of Las Vegas. Take it away, Jim. Take what away? Oh, this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we had a Area 51 guy on our we did. show a few years back. Yeah, there was going to so storm Area 51. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. They had a whole This is not that person. No. The home of an Area 51 website owner was violently raided by more than a dozen armed FBI agents in November, and since then... George Amu has received a minimal explanation for the bombardment that caused $25,000 in damages to his property. So, do they not pay that back if they damage your property? They're just like, sucks to be you? They're the FBI. It pretty much is that way. I mean, you can sue them, but... How do you got, sue they've the got FBI? The po- they've got the power and they've got the money. Right. You know, so... I mean, I'm assuming you can sue them. Why? Why? So this poor guy, he said that yeah. the search was related to images he posted on his website. He so, said, yeah. Three doors were kicked in. A country gate was busted. My girlfriend was dragged out of the out of her house in Las Vegas, which wasn't even the same property. I was dragged out of the house in Rachel, and nobody can give us any answers. So all he did was post pictures of the outside. He's been doing that for decades. He said, I published photos of Area 51 on my website, which is something I've done for 20 years without anyone really taking issue with it. And all of a sudden, this thing comes out of the blue, crashing down on my homes. I really still don't have an explanation. And he's been trying to reach the Justice Department. And yeah, of course. Nobody, nobody's not going to bother. They, they, they've got other things to do. And not only that, but he actually performed a service for them. He said that... He has an entire section of his website dedicated to warning people on how they can stay out of trouble and properly investigate the area without going places they're not supposed to go. He even tells his readers where they can and cannot go around the base in his attempt to help the government and keep the loonies away. 
I, so if anything, they should have like employed him. You but he can't get a hold of have. anybody. The reaction I got when I filed to be reimbursed for the damages for my... The only reaction I got was when I filed to be reimbursed for the damages to my homes. I very quickly got denied. That was all I got. And I would like to get my property back, $25,000 in damages, and my property that was seized, I have about $6,000 in legal damages. So they basically just ruined this guy. Yep. They just ruined him for no reason. They, they won't even tell him why. Sad. <laughs> We sad. Live, it's very sad. We live in a police state. They yeah. have weaponized the FBI against us. It needs to be disbanded immediately. I think the it CIA, take the IRS they, with they, them, by the way. Yes, the CIA, the FBI, and the IRS all need to be completely disbanded. It won't happen because, you know, Nancy Pelosi would have to buy 7-Eleven ice cream instead of her fancy designer Well, she's stuff. no longer in power. It doesn't she's matter. She's gone. I mean, come on. She's been in there for so long. She's She's in the back pocket. Alrighty, as promised. Ever had a day you felt so stupid, lacking a brain? Well, here's a guy who'll make you feel like a genius and maybe even sane. All the world loves to laugh at losers as often as they can. Here comes another chance to chuckle. Here comes the Florida man. Well, this first story. It's a classic. It's a classic. I've been wanting to read this one for a long time. So you get to read it. It's an older story, but I shall name this puppy Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about that on the show tonight. No, no, no. no. Chuck was going to try. Chuck, uh, do stay tuned in, if not on Spreaker, on our YouTube, uh, BitChute, Rumble, all the places that we are, are, all of our social media, because Chuck will be chucking in this week. There will be a video. So do you... He's just busy with the report well, with from the Davos, Davos thing. thing. Yeah. So, so he, he'll, he'll, be, he was, he'll be back. He was really, really happy that he got to go somewhere different for a change So yeah. and let the cats do their business. A man who tried to shoot seven puppies was shot himself when one of the dogs put its paw on the revolver's trigger. <laughs> Jerry Allen Bradford, 37, was being treated at a hospital for a gunshot wound to his wrist. Bradford said he decided to shoot the three-month-old shepherd mix dogs in the head because he couldn't find them a home. Because that's what you do. On Monday, Bradford was holding two puppies, one in his arms and another in his left hand, when the dog in his hand wriggled and put its paw on the trigger. The gun then discharged, the sheriff's report said. Good doggy, good boy. <laughs> Such a good doggy. Deputies found three of the puppies in a shallow grave outside Bedford's home. The other four appeared to be in good health and were taken by Escambia County Animal Control, which planned to make them available for adoption. Seriously, though, the one that pulled the trigger, I would adopt that dog in a heartbeat. I, I think I think you should join the police force. The there police you dog. go. If they're shepherd Absolutely. mixes. Yeah. Hmm. What a sick sick oh you so you think that's sick okay yeah you know what knock yourself out have fun with this one (laughs) i'd say only in florida but no no no. (laughs) unfortunately no 
This is also from Escambia County. A Florida funeral home worker has been found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. That's pretty sad. Yeah. Hours after a co-worker allegedly caught him sexually abusing a corpse. No longer quite so sad. The unusual turn of events, unusual indeed, unusual indeed, uh, took place Tuesday morning. How can you abuse a corpse, though? They're already dead. I mean... <laughs> I mean, uh, ew. Don't I mean, get yeah, me wrong. It's, it's ew. Ick. The Escambia, it, it's, that, that's when you start getting into semantics, and this is not one of those situations okay, where that's really right. such a fantastic thing to do. The Escambia County Sheriff's Office told WEAR, where... A, un- a funeral home, a funeral home employee called them to report walking in the coworker sexually abusing a corpse. Necrophilia okay, means never having to say you're sorry. Uh-huh. Deputies got got to Oakland funeral hey, no home. Pregnancy, so yep. you know win win. Yep, Pensacola, but the person who was accused had left later in the morning. Deputies found the suspect's vehicle at an intersection. The sheriff's office said the suspect was found dead near the vehicle with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The name of that person has not been released. Neither is the information of the victim of the alleged abuse. An investigation is now underway to uncover exactly what happened. You know what? I hope they find everything they need to find, but please don't tell us. Yeah, <laughs> I just, just say, know. we know. It, it. Yeah, if I were they, what, what would you think if your dear old dad was lying in uh, waiting for his funeral... Because he's dead and stuff. And you found out that my, this clown... My, my dear old dad's probably not the best. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm not talking... I'm, I'm looking at you, but I'm talking <laughs> to the general you. Not... not. Okay, that was... Okay. Didn't they do that to Marilyn Monroe? I don't know. I don't I don't know what they did to Marilyn Monroe after she died. Well, they so. buried her, but that's all, that's all I know for sure. I don't want to. I don't want to know about it because Marilyn Monroe was amazing, and I don't. I don't want to think bad. Or, you know, hell, I had a crush on her when I was a teenager. She had already been dead for twenty years, so I don't know. And she was amazing. Yeah. On the day she died, the body of Marilyn Monroe went missing for ten hours. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Probably. You. Yeah, you. Just you. The world's full of you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All oh. right. Bradenton. Police detectives were in the right place at the right time when they spotted an older model Corvette driving by while on fire. Now, not the painted flames like most vets have. No, real, actual flames. Go, Grease Lightning. Go, Grease Lightning. <laughs> Authorities said the sports car was driving along Barracuda Avenue near First Avenue Wednesday evening when it erupted into flames. The department said detectives ran after the car to alert the driver. Hey, hey, dude, look, uh, sir, your car's on fire. I think he knows because it was the front of the car, but okay. While also notifying dispatchers, while the detectives were unsuccessful in putting out the flames with portable fire extinguishers, the city of Bradenton Fire Department quickly arrived and put out the fire. Well, you don't see that every day, the department said in a social media post. <laughs> It's like, I am duh. Well, that rather gloom of up, doesn't it? How <laughs> <laughs> look at that. The car's on fire. I wouldn't have married her if she didn't know Monty Python. <laughs> let's put it that way. Don't see that every day. <laughs> rather gloom All right. I know we talked about something along these lines several years ago, but this... Uh, well, this happens every winter. Yeah, it does. Th- this is a new one. 
For 14 years, yoga instructor Anna Margaret Sanchez has taught a free what community a great class. Name, Anna it Margaret? Is. Love it. Taught a free community class at Legion Park in Miami's Upper East Side neighborhood. It started with 20 people and grew over time to the point where attendance can easily top 100 and regulars have braved hurricane watches and COVID-19 lockdowns to meet under the oak trees on Saturday mornings. Sanchez live streams a session so those who can't make it in person can participate on Instagram. The first Saturday of 2023 drew an especially large crowd. The weather was lovely and only seven days into the new year, resolution still glinted with potential. <laughs> it really was a beautiful day, Sanchez remembers. I kept saying, don't forget to look up the beautiful trees and the beautiful sky. Trigger warning. You won't have a b- believe what happens next. Trigger warning, <clears throat> The class proceeded as usual for 47 minutes, breathing exercises, upward and downward dog, warrior, triangle, and seated stretching poses, the usual stuff. As always, Sanchez concluded by instructing yogis to roll onto their backs, lift their hips, and begin to look inward. It was then that a series of noises, tree branches rustling, a loud thud, a cacophony of gasps ensued. Guys, I think we're going to close the class. Sanchez can be heard saying on the Instagram live video recording, I'm going to take care of someone who just got an iguana dropped on his face. (laughs) Splort! That doesn't happen every day either. That someone would be Michael, who agreed to speak with New Times on the quite understandable condition that we not publish his last name. I don't name. want to be known as the guy whose face was used as an iguana landing pit. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't want them to publish his last name. Oh, my God. As Michael tells it, one moment he's relaxed on his back with his shade hat covering his face, preparing for the final resting pose, which is called Savasana, sometimes referred to as corpse, corpse pose. pose. Now it's a guana launching pad pose. And the next, he's in excruciating pain, bleeding and unable to open his eyes. Bam! Yeah, because they have really long claws. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. It felt like a sandbag hit me in the face, Michael says. The first thing that went through my head was his claws. No, the first thing that went through (laughs) my head was it must have been a coconut. But there were no... With the coconut. But there were no coconut trees, and I thought maybe the guy next to me slugged me. But I mean, we're in a yoga class, and it's so calm and peaceful. Why would the guy hit me? Nearby yogis who had their eyes open at the fateful moment would later inform Michael that his assailant was a green iguana weighing between 20 and 30 pounds. Holy crap, Can you imagine that that's falling a big from, iguana. That's a big iguana, Landing and imagine it coming face. down from the tree Yikes. several feet down to your face. No, that, that, that's... Wow. It's lucky he can talk. Anyway, uh, <laughs> though iguanas are locally and nationally famed for lapsing into temporary paralysis and falling from high places when ambient temperatures drop below 50 degrees Fahrenheit... Witnesses reported that this particular specimen had been dueling with an even larger iguana on a branch roughly 25 feet off the ground. So it fell 25 feet onto dude's face. There's a giant iguana that is the king of that frickin' park. I've seen it chase squirrels, Sanchez elaborates, though the eyebrow-raising weight estimate may may bear a proportional relationship to the unsettling nature of the creature's arrival. This guy's good writer. He's a good writer. I mean, most of you know, the punctuation errors, I can't even put a sentence together. This yeah, guy's this good. This guy's a good writer. These two iguanas were having a moment in the tree, and I guess the smaller one was like, what the hell? I'm getting out of here. Or, sorry, screw this. I am out of here. I and jumped. That's, a, that's the voice pushed. an iguana would use. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the heck happened. I guess I must have lost the splitting that fell onto the man's face. Although Michael was in a lot of pain, his eye had swollen shut and he was bleeding from his nose and lip, paramedics with the city of Miami Fire Department happened to be at Legion Park's Saturday Farmer's Market. 
They can be seen just beyond minute 48 on the live stream as they arrive on the scene holding bouquets of sunflowers. The paramedics took Michael's vitals and checked his pupils. Assured that he'd be fine, he declined emergency transport to the hospital. A fellow yogi offered him an anti-inflammatory tea, of course, as he and Sanchez waited for Michael's wife to drive him home. I, I think that if an iguana fell on my face, my face would look like an iguana's face for a while, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I pr- think it pretty much would. What happened to the iguana, did they tell you? Um, they haven't. I'm sure he just got away. It was just it was... Iguanas are yummy. Are they now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Green iguanas are native to Brazil and Mexico. They were first reported in Florida in the 1960s. In yeah, Apparently having arrived by, via the exotic pet, pet trade. So, let's see. For the record, at least one South Floridian has taken to eating them. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm scrolling down to see if there was anything reported. Uh In the days since his injury, Michael has been urged to play oh the lottery. God. Wait, the reptiles which can grow to more than 5 feet in length and weigh up to 17 pounds can be troublesome burrowing underground tunnels that collapse seawalls and sidewalks and occasionally popping up in your toilet. <laughs> I know, yuck. Uh, no, there's nothing. There's no report on what happened to uh, the the photo of the of the woman who wrote this. She actually looks like she's laughing at what happened. Yeah, she has I'm this sure that's beautiful her smile on her face. Yeah, I don't know if you, yeah but it's like yeah, she's, she's good. She's a good writer. Yeah, she's a very she, good writer. Yeah, I uh, credit where credits due. She's. I'm sorry, writer. I called you a guy. You're you're most certainly not a guy. Well. It, it, it was the universal guy. I, like, I know, you know this I guy. know. Like people, when, people when I'm at Lowe's, offense. I'm like, we need to find a guy. I don't care if it's guy or girl. I mean, the, you know, dude who works here. Dude. All right. This one, I, I don't know if the headline's more fun than the article. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, I wonder if this is the same writer because it's pretty well written as well. Mm-hmm. Scroll all the way down. It's a long one. No, it's a different writer. But it's a chick, just so you know. This was yeah. Izzy Kapnick. <laughs> That's a great name for it. Packed together like festering sardines in a flying aluminum can, every airline passenger and coach class dreams of escape. Except maybe that eerily grinning masochist sitting in 24D. Cute. Okay. If only we could creep into the business class section, we'd spare ourselves the shrieks of unruly children, the faint smell of dysentery, the bags of half-stale pretzels doled out to keep the cabin nourished just enough to prevent us from tearing each other to shreds. Beyond the unspoken barrier are those giant squishy seats and an attentive flight crew, presumably offering foot massages and filet mignon as we drift <laughs> off into in-flight bliss. Whether through transcendental meditation or overpriced airline cocktails, most of us cope with the economy class grotesquerie. That's a new word I've never seen You've before. You've never seen that word before, I huh? like that word, grotesquerie. And find our way peacefully to the destination. For one man, however, the stench was just too thick. It was approaching midnight on January 9th when Daniel David Beacon boarded American Airlines Flight 56 at Miami International Airport, bound for London. Overwhelmed by a nearby passenger's farts, Beacon stood up from his assigned seat in economy class about two hours into the roughly eight-hour flight, according to an air marshal's affidavit. He made his way to the front of the plane where he planted himself in an empty business class seat, the affidavit says. A flight attendant discovered the alleged coup and approached Beacon, asking him to return to economy class. Why? If it was empty, who cares? 
Beacon purportedly offered to pay for his new cushier spot, but the flight attendant broke some unfortunate news. The opportunity to upgrade was long past, and Beacon had no choice but to return to the back of the cabin where more flatulence surely awaited him. Seriously, though. Nobody was in it. Who cares? According to the affidavit, Beacon had a less-than-civil response to this attendant, whom federal law enforcement dubbed P.E. to protect his privacy. Beacon began shouting vulgar language and spitting at P.E. The spit landed on P.E.'s face and body. Well, that's much better than farts. The flight attendant moved away, but Beacon confronted him in the gallery and punched him in the punum? What's a punum? Did you really expect me to have that at the front of my head when you... Well, you're older than me. I just assumed you were smarter than me. Older than you. I'll look it up. Keep going. (laughs) Punched him in the putum, causing him to fall to the floor and hit his head, according to the court document. Another flight attendant who witnessed the alleged assault told law enforcement that she saw Beacon standing on top of a seat in business class, shouting and spitting on her co-worker. She said she tried to calm Beacon down and directed him back into coach class. Okay, see, now I'm mad that he had the seat. Before, didn't care. Now, he's he's a jerk. The incident left her frightened, shaking, she claimed. Well, you wouldn't have been frightened and shaking if you were packing. Just saying. Beacon began to walk to the back of the plane toward the last row, shouting loud obscenities towards the rest of the flight crew in the rear galley. He then sat down in an economy seat, the affidavit alleges. I'd sure like to know who the farting person was and how they felt about is it. Yiddish for face. Like... Why didn't they just say face? Because it has more of a comic effect if you use Not Yiddish. Not if you don't know what it means. Mm. I mean, it popped him in the puss would have been funnier. Punched yeah. him in the punum? Okay. Well, that is now... It's punum, I think. Punum, yeah. Okay. Punum doesn't sound like anything. Punum? Punum? Yeah. Popped him in the puss. Okay. The writer's <laughs> Jewish. What do you want? <laughs> she didn't look Jewish. I don't know. Oh, how do you look? Oh, let's not go there. Let's just not even. Beacon proceeded to shove. Says the guy that everybody thinks is Jewish. Beacon proceeded to shove a third flight attendant near the rear of the plane, according to the affidavit. Once the pilot was apprised of the fracas, he diverted the plane back to Miami International Airport at 3:52 a.m. More than four hours after boarding. Holy crap! Why? Why go all the way back to Miami? Why not just land wherever the heck you are? The flight arrived back at the Magic City, and Beacon was hauled into state custody. The allegedly unruly passenger is facing federal charges of assault within a territorial jurisdiction and interference with a flight crew. And not being very nice. The latter charge is a potential felony. We don't get mischievous mischief, or what was the... Well, he was mischievous. I'll give it to him. Filed against Beacon in the South District, criminal complaint, yada, yada, transportation, TSA, blah, blah, yada, yada, yada. Okay, this guy's a piece of work. I think it's time to improve everybody's lives because I touted our show today to some people at the the event and I said that we we give good news. So I think think it's time to finish with news of bigger and better stuff. How do you put it? News of the Wonderfuller. Here on Counterculture Wise, we may rant, we may rave, but most of all, we go against the current culture because we believe, to the core of our beings, that humans are good and the world is an amazing and beautiful place. At the beginning of our show, we give you news of the weird and wonderful, but that is just the tip of the magnificent iceberg that is our world. 
we now present news of the wonderfuller. These stories are also amazing. I think it's worth going a little bit late. I mean, there's only a few. Have patience. It's not going to go crazy. I mean, we did have people tune in for three hours in the past. But wow, this first one. Yeah, you you get that one. Cause, I do? Yeah, because okay. I read the last one. <laughs> sort of. Kind of. Yeah. I read the last one. It was the I looked up Poonam. Anyway, okay, that's fine. You looked I up Poonam? <laughs> Popped him in the puss. That's okay. If you want me, I'll, I'll take it. I got it. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Well, I mean, we did do an entire episode of things that went right in 2022. So That's these true. are some stories that we missed. Okay, cool. Starting at home, a study last year found that U.S. cancer deaths had declined by 33% since 1991. This is equivalent to around 3.8 million people alive. Thanks to various efforts to combat the disease. The report was authored by the American Cancer Society, and they called it truly formidable. While the report attributed the fall to the development of better treatments, the reduction in smoking habits and earlier detection methods also had part of it. Just between 2019 and 2020, cancer death rates dropped 1.5%, while the deployment of the HPV vaccine was correlated with a 65% drop in cervical cancer rates from 2012 through 2019 among women in their 30s. The report also found that not only are death rates falling, but five-year survival rates for detective cancers have increased 68% among all diagnoses made between 2012 and 2018. Cancer research often involves cutting-edge medical research, but across West Africa and India, where cutting-edge medicine is not widely available, human determination has succeeded in nearly eradicating guinea worm disease. Oh, my goodness. So uh, I learned about this when I worked at World Vision. Heinous. Just horrifying. I'm not going to go into it, but look up guinea worm. It's... There are records of this truly unpleasant parasite affecting human health going back thousands of years. And in 1989, there were nearly one million cases globally. But in 2022, this unwelcome waterborne guest created just 15 cases worldwide a decline of 99.998%. Pretty much goodbye, in other words. And almost all 15 of those cases occurred in Chad. This monumental turnaround was not the result of some experimental vaccine, but simple education teaching people how to avoid drinking contaminated water, when and where this mostly seasonal parasite is likely to be found, and how to treat water to purify it of the guinea worm. Boil that, boil, boil, boil. Other than Chad, guinea worm disease was also found in Uganda, where most of our um, projects were when I was at World Vision, which produced another medical milestone with the successful eradication of a recent Ebola outbreak. Now, this is big, too. The outbreak began in September, driven by the incurable Sudan strain of the virus. It was the worst outbreak in 20 years. But even though there is no vaccine for the Sudan strain, the health authorities managed to contain it to just two administrative districts and 142 confirmed cases. The magic bullet has been our communities who understand the importance of doing what was needed to the end of the outbreak and took action, said the health minister. Vaccine trials involving Oxford University are currently underway for the Sudan strain, but until that time, health authorities received congratulations for their swift actions and were thanked for the lesson learned. Wow, that is awesome. 
That is great. All right. Now his story can be told. Told, told. An Alabama man has been anonymously paying for his neighbor's pharmacy bills for more than a decade. Hody Childress, or Hody, I'm not really sure. I'm just going to call him Mr. Childress. A farmer and U.S. Air Force veteran had been keeping it a secret since 2012 when he walked into a drugstore in his hometown of Geraldine and learned from the owner, Brooke Walker, that sometimes families can't afford to pay for their medicines. Childress told Walker here, This hundred dollars is for anyone who can't afford their prescription. Do not tell a soul that the money came from me. Tell them it's a blessing from God. A month later, Childress walked back into Geraldine Drugs. Here's another hundred dollar bill. Don't tell a soul where the money came that the the money came from me. Tell them it's a blessing from God, Childress told Walker. Mr. Childress was a kind, humble man, Walker told local news station WVTM. Each and every month, year after year, he would walk into the drugstore and hand me a hundred dollars. I kept my word of not telling anyone, not even the even the family. Eventually, I did start taking a little money here, a little money there, just to help people who were struggling. He contributed thousands of dollars to a pharmacy where members of his own family regularly visited without ever knowing what he was even up to. <laughs> wow. Mm. Late last year, Childress sensed that he was approaching the end of his life. He had caught COPD and other health issues, and he was having trouble getting around. The 80-year-old needed someone to take his $100 bill to Geraldine Drugs, and he entrusted the task to his daughter, Tanya Nix. I was shocked. I had no idea he was helping people at the drugstore, Nix, 58 years old, told WVTM. He told me he had been carrying a $100 bill to the pharmacist in Geraldine on the first of each month, and he didn't want to know who she'd helped with it. He just wanted to bless people with it, she said. Childress passed away on January 1st, oh. 2023. Now that the word has leaked out, family and friends in Geraldine are paying it forward, keeping Childress's pharmacy fund going. There are so many people in Geraldine who have lived longer because of Hody, pharmacist Heather Walker said. Hody was a true humble servant who will always be loved. That is such a That's doing story. God's work. That's such, that, it's such a small thing. But how many people did he bless? Oh, and that's the way it's done, too. All right, folks, one more. And then we're going to call it, so hang in, strap on, here we go. Strap on, strap in. Uh, I, on, strap, strap on in. is something totally different. We, totally we're a family show. Different we're a family, family show. show. Yes, just, we managed to make it all the way through without any swears. Why are you looking at me so funny? Because I wanted to burst out with a bunch of obscenities. Blinkety, cursity, cursity, cursity. Cursity, curse. Phil Flarn, Flarn, Phil Flarn. You know he's going back on tour? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's really sad? I would totally go see the show. <laughs> My heart still hurts, okay? And who in the hell is Hannibal Burris? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, just. Uh... A father of Wales has donated a kidney to a stranger after his daughter received a life changing kidney from a donor. Aww. Afron Jones's 19-year-old daughter, Saren, became seriously unwell and ended up having both kidneys removed. Now, see, I worked at, um, I worked at, at DeVita, so we got a lot of these stories. So they do uh, dialysis. She was on dialysis for 10 years every night until... I'm sorry, 10 years every night. 10 hours every <laughs> night until one day her family was informed that a kidney had become available. 
She, refused, she received the donor kidney last April. Now, if you're wondering why her own family didn't donate to her, it's not always a match. Right. And um, sometimes, like I had a friend who was able to donate her kidney to her sister. Um, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And I know that families always, they like everybody in the family volunteers and they all get tested and, and it's not always a match. It's such a huge gift. Without the kidney, I wouldn't be alive today, possibly. Or I would certainly have had to continue with 10 hours of dialysis, which is just brutal. While Saren was awaiting her kidney, Afrin signed up to become a living donor through NHS's organ donation. Although he was not a match for his daughter, he felt compelled to help others. What a sweet man. After Saren got her new kidney, she was told I could not get off the living donor list, and that's when I had a very strange experience. It was as if I heard a voice telling me, there is someone else who needs your kidney, and I just felt I had to stay on the list. Afrin had the procedure to remove his kidney in December. He was not told who had received his kidney, but he was told that their health was improving. It felt like I'd given someone quite a nice Christmas present, and it was nice to know that I'm healthy enough to donate a kidney, given that I'm almost 70. Hmm. Talk about a high risk. Yeah. What a beautiful, beautiful man. What an amazing Christmas story. Well, folks, I don't know about you, but I've had a really good time tonight. <laughs> it's been a fun... Now that we've regaled them about stories... Stories about, about our dogs oh, and everything. Just... And we didn't really have the chat going on like we normally do. I don't know if there's like a glitch in the system or what. Everybody's watching the... Well, everybody's watching the, the Farty mm-hmm. Niners. Farty Niners. <laughs> but I thought it was a good show. I thought it was a very good show. We went over a little We're bit. We're a little prejudiced, but you know, yeah, it was a good show. It was a good yeah. show. Actually, we didn't go over that much. We're only five minutes over. So tell your friends, tell, tell your, your friends, enemies, tell, tell your, your enemies. mother, tell your dad. Tell everybody. In fact, if, 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 right are, this if, minute, if all right your this relatives minute, are dead, right do a minute, seance. And, right what? this minute, before we do anything else, yeah. drop everything. <laughs> Don't scream into the mic. Uh, <laughs> like, share, subscribe. Give us a bazillion star review. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your dog. Have your dog tell your cat. And we will be back. Next week with another show stock full of all kinds of fun things and a puppy update. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good night, beautiful people. Have an amazing week. Counterculture Wise is a Stormcat production. Thank you for joining our growing family of listeners. All links from the show are available on our website, counterculturewise.com. Find our archives on any of your favorite podcast hosts. We engage in satire, commentary, and generally laugh at the ridiculousness of our crumbling society. Our only medical or financial advice is to not follow any financial or medical advice given by podcasters. Our animations, interviews, holy crap segment, and other videos are put out on BitChute and Rumble, and only in part on YouTube because they hate free speech. Our show is entirely funded by listeners like you. Visit our ever-expanding merch store or our Subscribestar, where you can get outtakes, extra videos, and sneak peeks. If you would like to be a guest on our program, feel free to contact us via our website, Just click on the link at the top that says, Be a guest on our show. For more fun and cat pics, please visit our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. 
For complaints about our show, please fill out the ID10T form on our website and we will give it the attention it deserves. Meanwhile, no matter how cruel the world may be around you, always remember the importance of kindness. Be kind to each other, be kind to animals, and be kind to yourself. See you you next next week. week!